0: Chicken tonight you're coming into this red hot chili peppers you know adam hasn't influenced you at all
1: well he hadn't listened to it when i talked to him
0: oh okay
1: and then we uh then we did a he did a live reaction podcast which we will drop in to this episode um at some stage in fact we might drop it in right now or we might not i've got to figure out what i do with the edit
0: <laughs> <laughs> music 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 don't touch that.
1: Duh. We'll be right back. It's a, it's a very kind of um, breakfast radio vibe recording this early in the morning. Yeah. I feel like we need a whole bunch of sound effects and we should be. Boing. Yeah. Hey, hey. We should be telling people where they can get icy cold cans of Coke from the Black Thunders. Non
2: stop chock a block of rock here. Triple J. Yeah. Non stop
1: block of cock rock.
2: triple. Here's your back to back to back to back to back to back of Nickelback. Yes. Nickelback have more than five songs to do a back to back to back to back to back. I'm sure they do. But I just don't
1: know. Could you tell them apart?
2: Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's speaking I of that which, anything on Should we memory. talk
1: about the Red Hot Chili Peppers album?
2: I haven't listened to it yet, actually. So thankfully, which is I kind of I did, I, I did you know, the fact that you basically vilified me, you know basically so I was going to get on here and defend it.
1: The whole point of getting you on was to get you to defend this fucking album.
2: I haven't actually listened to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so you've conscientiously objected to uh to listening to the uh, chili peppers album
2: well basically because you're hoping the greg norman
1: uh, style you got you know hit by lightning well i mean Before I, I, record I, this. I, I
2: pretty much vilified the last album because as i said anything where flea was playing piano at the start of the last album and i don't know if there's any piano in this new album but if there is it should be burnt with a you know i, I was horrified that the that the new one had the last new one had sort of Soppy piano ballads in the front of it. It's like, who are you? And, you know, can, can someone, you know, just, just you know, say Californication is the greatest album of all time if you've been kidnapped or something like that?
1: I'll, I'll definitely get to this on talking to Bezo, but um, I tried to do a banger count, like, because they're always good for one or two just absolute fucking bangers, even even in the, the later albums. I mean, Californication has songs that are, you know, that mm, at least that, set, feel have the feel of, you know, the. That the, was uh,
2: my argument.
1: Yeah. It doesn't have many of them. It doesn't have enough of them, but it has, it has some of them. The bang count on this album is a fucking zero. It is a fucking, it's a lounge act. It's a cabaret Vegas downbeat fucking tribute act to a Chili Peppers album, which is fine. I mean, they're 60 years old, but it's seven, track. 17 tracks. 17 tracks, like seriously. But that's the standard length for a Chili Peppers album. Uh, but it does it need to be 77 minutes long? Does it need to be seven minutes long? No, the hope was, you know, it just had to be not completely shit. And, um, Hope died.
2: Hope died. Oh yeah. I just pushed play on the first track and sort of playing as the background here, his voice is auto-tuned to the back of beyond. Yeah. Oh, what's the best song on the album? If there is one. They all
1: sound like that. So black summer is the, is probably the quote unquote single.
2: Wow. Hang on. Black
1: summer has had 31.8 million plays. But Black Summer is extremely representative of the album.
2: Oh, yeah, no. Nah. Okay, no, nah, that's oh, yeah. enough. <laughs> You're going <gonna laughs> to bezo just, it. I, I, just, I just heard the ah, the ah, yeah. yeah. Ah, which, which, I mean, they did in, you know, um, which was Californication actually has that, you know. Ooh,
1: ooh, yeah, there's a lot of that. Well, the whole album is that. It's a whole lot of that. A whole lot of kind of sad um, attempted harmonies, there's a little bit, there's kind of a bit of kind of funk guitar and that sort of stuff, but it's not, it's not used. It's just used in a whole lot of kind of sad minor chord, reflective, um, drab. He, he sounds weird. And, and, like, I mean, He's and old, like, man. He, it's a little bit like a, yeah. the latter era Iggy Pop albums where he just yeah. sounds yeah. like, there.
2: yeah. And they've, like then, they've, they've, auto-tuned, they've auto-tuned the awfulness, like.
1: Auto-tuning the awfulness, the Red Hot Chili pepper story.
2: Oh wow. I just I just went to the most interesting sounding which, what you think
1: Yeah. It's no good. No.
2: No, like if if I was listening to this in brashes or something back in the day, I wouldn't have but <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't have it would have been necessary. Like, why
1: am I in the adult contemporary section?
2: Oh, I don't even know if it's that. Like it's Adult Contemporary's kinda of got a bit of
1: this this is certainly adult oriented. You can hear this on the You know the the extremely middle of the road stations.
2: Yeah, it's um.
1: But I I think this is too washed for Double J.
2: Oh wow! I mean, I I don't know why I'm surprised by this. I really am not because the last album was kind of like this too. Like it was.
1: Yeah, but but it's all (laughs) of that. There is there is no there's nothing apart from the bits that were like oh.
2: That was my live listen of the new Chili Peppers album, yeah. Unlimited Love. And I'm happy to say that just like Bezo, it sucks up. no, not like just like Bezo, just like Bezo Bezo's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, not a millennial. What are you talking about?
2: I will I will I, I I'll put this on the record. I agree with Bezo. This he is, is. is asshole. Change the shirt. That doesn't mean that he's not wrong about everything else. No no no, we, right we're not gonna it. check.
1: we're gonna check. You know how some people update their um like if they get a, a Basketball jersey on their favourite player leaves and they try and try and change it with some fucking gaffer tape. Yeah. So that's we can change the Bizo is wrong shirt for today, just to say Bezo is wrong, except not about this.
2: Yeah, on the front it'll Hey Bezo is wrong and on the back it says except about the red hot chili yes. peppers, they're all right. Bezo is wrong
1: asterisk exceptions apply. <laughs> Take the terms of oh um,
2: no, I mean that, that I mean there's almost cruel and unusual punishment making someone listen to that album, especially at seventeen tracks. Like holy 77 shit.
1: Seventy seven minutes. They're still oh, working yeah. to a fucking CD link.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's not good. It's really not good. Yeah. And I mean, you, I, I just wonder how much of that's how like, if you're going to one of their live gigs now, how much of that would you want them to play?
1: How much of they, how much of that would they play?
2: I reckon two tracks tops. I don't. Yeah, just, they'll, sort of, they'll
1: probably play the the single, Black yeah. Summer. But when in the set do you play that?
2: Well, as I said, when I went and saw Metallica, who I was on their Death Magnetic tour, which was a fucking fantastic concert they literally walked out played uh two singles from the new album and before they even said a word to the crowd just played them one off the bat and then said you know yelled out, hey brisbane how about some fucking old stuff and then played creeping death and from that point on it was awesome and you know it kind of felt like that was appropriate because i think they realized as well that well, no one's there for new new albums
1: so i think you got got to play as the play on music
2: yeah, well, literally, that's what it, literally what it was. Just like, I played up. Their, their intro, yeah. This and is a sound like,
1: check as a new single.
2: Yeah, and it was just like, and then yeah, all all in after that. But I just <sighs>
1: shit, really. Now back to your regularly scheduled tripping balls.
0: Music, 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 music. Shall we start with unlimited love?
1: We should start with. Uh limited love is yes. this
0: free um, is free unlimited love or is there you know is there a tab running um,
1: it's it's like a, a it's a free trial
0: <laughs> i would like to return it then i would because-
1: like to I like to cancel my subscription they're big on free love in the 60s and these guys are in their fucking 60s and that's why this album sounds like a fucking vegas lounge tribute act to the red hot chili peppers
0: my night start with Ah, track one. Isn't it nice that they gave the, uh, is it Richie Sambora, the Bon Jovi guitarist? They gave him a guest spot. That's lovely. So Um, this is
1: John Frusciante again. He's come back for a third time because it worked so well when he came back for Californication. But here's the thing, you know, apparently when they got back in the room together, he made them like listen to like Freaky Styley and Uplift Mofo Party Plan, like their early 80s shit, as well as sort of old blues and New York punk and stuff like that. Does it show in anything that they recorded? Does
0: it fuck? There's no no freaky styly slap bass in this that, at all. Not
1: a fucking thing. Not a sausage. Uh, like, at some stage you can hear, like, a vaguely kind of funky wild bar guitar in, like, some of the tracks, but it is so but- tuned down and downbeat and kind of got that Californication harmony kind of, that kind of sad, drab minor chord. Ooh, it is sad and it makes you take
0: back. The, the problem is though that Ketus can't sing anymore.
1: No, he's been auto tuned to fuck. He,
0: yeah, okay. So that was my thing, right? I because I, I, I've got notes about the one of the other albums it, it, from this week too, which is it, like I was like, is he is he auto tuned or is it just is it just my brain going? He's really auto tuned. I I couldn't work out whether he was actually auto tuned to fuck or just. Uh, like my brain was going he just sounds so bad that it's it's got that production values but yeah like it, it the the Vegas covers band thing is absolutely on point well, it's no, like more a lounge
1: act because they've kind of tuned everything down they're just background music yeah. they seem extremely comfortable in their kind of minor chord adult oriented rock kind of feel they're just so it's like smooth peanut butter that sticks to the roof of your mouth. It's just narcolepsy.
0: So I could not listen to this album, track one to track, oh, my God, 17.
1: 17. There's 77 minutes of this shit.
0: In one go, I'd listen to three or four tracks, and then I'd have to go and listen to some pop to sand my brain back into some sort of semblance of, you know, oh, yeah, this is what music sounds like. Um, well that's wonderful and then I'd go back and I'd listen to a couple of a couple of tracks well I don't know The the even the rapping the timing was just not there the, there's just not enough heroin in the world that could well, make this th- fucking album that's set, why right. Froschiati
1: left the first time was that he, that he was shooting so much smack his teeth fell out and you think mm. that's bad and it's not good for you as a person but if if this is what happens when you stop you can get dentures bro <laughs> I did. You sent Look, me that um, the letter that uh, Steve Albini wrote to Nirvana, Nirvana when they were when they were he mm. you know he was he was basically quoting to to do in utero with them and basically he famously famously uh, only takes a you know a plumber's rate essentially he doesn't doesn't want to be paid points and he also doesn't believe that it's his business to tell a band. How to record, but he's got a very, very clearly he says, you know, I want you to sound like you sound like when you when you're live. I don't want to mm. be fucking around, all this sort of stuff. And I got the impression that you know, 1992 Steve Albini would have fucking hated this album. And in fact, he probably would have hated the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it's
0: interesting that yeah, going- Steve Albini has to- never
1: worked on a Red Hot Chili Peppers project, but but Rick Rubin has. Uh,
0: the, the the problem in with this the, is with the Chili Peppers is they could be white hot live, and then they could also be. Like they'd just been on a three-day bender live, yep. uh, and I saw them both ways. And yeah, first one was awesome. Second yep. one, not so much. Were you also on um, the three-day
1: bender though? So that probably could also affect your impressions. Actually, I
0: think I was sober for that one because it was at the fucking entertainment center at Bundoora, oh and I was the designated. See, driver. That, one,
1: that would ruin anybody's experience.
0: Yeah. Uh The final line is like- that I
1: did. I did see. I did read a. Guardian interview with with Flea and and Kiedis and one of the final lines was Flea sort of saying you know we've grown up a bit no one wants to see 60 year olds with socks on their cocks. My my immediate question was so what makes you think anyone wants to hear them?
0: Well all I could think of was this is the audio equivalent of the Lakers season and I think that's spot on.
1: And Flea is you know famously a very big Lakers fan.
0: That's true. Rocking to
1: the beat of the Fabulous Forum which Mm. is now ironically owned by Steve Ballmer.
0: It sounds like you were not as keen on Puff as I thought you might have been.
1: No, no, that wasn't any good at all. I mean, the idea was that it was meant meant to be kind of a Canadian fiddler. Ah,
0: yeah, okay. And that's kind of what I was expecting, but... It's um, it's not as fun as that, no. Well, also,
1: they can't write songs, which is a bit of a problem.
0: Like, I I didn't really enjoy this album either, but it was just... It was just the fact that the new, that the band, like the, the music part of it, sounded like music. It, it sounded like guitars being played by human beings, not stuff that had been run through a production facility. Yeah, I mean, it,
1: it's better than the Red Hot Jilly Peppers album, yeah. Um, and it's got that kind of disheveled, discordant, slightly emo pop punk thing. It has some of that kind of genre-jumping kind of self-destruction of, of Love, but it doesn't really have the... I mean, You I mean, think about that album. They were just happen. really good at writing really good yeah. pop songs across a whole lot of genres. Um, they, yeah, they had they, kind they, of a they, fun... They played with it like an idea of like the band is falling apart, but they didn't really lean into it as much as they probably should have.
0: Fidler had like a narrative to it too. Um, and Fidler felt like they were playing with ideas and they didn't nail all of them, but when they did nail a song they fucking nailed it but yeah. like there's just there there is no song on on this album that even comes close to those top two or three songs no no album, so.
1: they could i can't write i can't write a school of songs but i mean they the whole point of this genre is you have a fucking crack and, and that did have yeah. that kind of self deprecating self you know Self immolating kind of uh, mindset to it, which you know, that was kind of a better concept than it turned out in reality. I think that could kind have of leaned in a bit harder, but I could see why they'd be a good fit for Letterkenny with that kind of very Canadian, um, sort of don't take yourself too seriously kind of attitude and slightly that slightly weird sense of humor. Uh. Yeah, I,
0: I guess one song in isolation on a Letterkenny episode contrasting to some visuals would probably yeah. work a lot better than all this an stuff album. in an album. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to call, I'd like to name a theory, right? And I'm going to call it the Abdominal Theory of Dirt. Uh, and I'm wondering whether bands like Koji Radical... Call the their,
1: calling the man a band is probably a little bit out
0: of um, Artists? the the fact that their their modern recording techniques and the people that they're working with probably came up through, you know, having a laptop in a back room and having a very backyard but digital backyard production uh, sort of school, you know, self-taught school is giving us a sort of super clean, super produced, aping American R&B like, like there's just. It, I've, See, I've I, I thought of the, he,
1: the the thing you wouldn't like about this album was that he, he refuses to rap on the beat. He's still that no, sitting, he's sitting still just, old, just off. He just oh. sort of sits one out and one back. And uh, and I thought, <laughs> oh, this is gonna piss Bezo so off. This just is. <laughs> I mean, my literally my first note on Koji Radical's album is Uptown Funk, go and give it to you. Because there was like bits of it that like this like feels like fucking Mark Ronson and 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 little Bruno Mars. Um, bits of it were, were quite a lot of fun. It's a lot more approachable for, for an underground. You know, he's meant to be an underground rapper. It, it is a lot more approachable. It does co-opt a lot more US R and B. Although US R and B and hip hop have kind of merged, so they're kind of the same thing now
0: there's a bit of um, there's a bit of auto-tune in this too yeah was it was it Nappy or Silk there's one one where he really lets his flow go like he's rapping so quick that he can't do that sitting on the back of the beat thing and it's like not Nappy because
1: that's um, that's the one that's almost kind of musical um, you know it's just you know, reciting I'll, all these fucking stereotypes.
0: I, I can't remember which there was one where he actually lets rip and I'm like, dude, you've you've actually got some pretty good flow. And some of the beats were okay, but I just found everything so clean it, it it's just so I don't know precise like not not precise in a you know fuck that's a gr- great piece of engineering precise like just it just didn't feel it felt like it had just been taken out of a packet out of a CD-ROM and put into the fucking into the player and then re-recorded it just that's did. how the kids
1: listen to this shit though it was pristine oh, yeah. to borrow a line from your boy uh, Zach Love yeah um the real MVP is his mum because she pops up in, in various places talking about her journey from Ghana. Um, Look, it was it was pretty. F- it was a fun enough album, you know. It, it was. You know, there was crap in it. You know, he banged on about, you know, how much money he was making and all that sort of stuff and how tough yeah. it is in the streets, whatever. His bio that's, is, that's is a- Andrew Stockdale levels of perfection. Um,
0: <laughs> wow. But it has, a,
1: it has awesome. a little bit. I mean, it has the USRV, but it also has some, you know, a little bit of grime influences and some African rhythms and funk. And, um, yeah, it's a, like Payback has got a bit of a James Brown feel to it. Um, it's about four songs too long. Uh, and you can it, probably pick out which songs to, to take out, but I would suggest kind of the creeping soft R and B auto tune shit that drifts in at the end. But it was we've listened to quite a few underground English uh, MC albums in the last little while, and this w- wasn't one that made me want to throw my computer into a river.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's a good thing. Like if you read his bio, You think, right? think of
1: the Slow Ties and the Rich Bryans and the AJ yeah. Tracys and the fucking yes. you know. You know all these guys who were you know grime adjacent or underground fucking British hip hop kind of feel. Um, this was, I mean, it was a lot more poppy, but it was just it was,
0: you know, it was on balance it was fine. It was okay. That 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 was it wasn't bad. It just like like for for a person that sort of comes across as this art house, uh, like it, it felt a little bit uh Stock Aitken and Waterman. Of the modern era, like it, it, yeah, it, it just felt like it had been put together. It, it didn't, but, but that's didn't, the way um, indie is
1: now. I mean, yeah, when we were no, kids, know, indie meant you know gritty and dirty and, yes, and DIY right. and built in a shed. But now indie indie pop feels like that. Indie rock feels like that. It's it's you know it's much cleaner but, and quieter and and jet That's what, and it sucks. That,
0: that was my that was my abdominal theory of dirt. Is that the indie method of production now is very clean like cheap cheap production isn't dirty and grimy and and fuzzy and you know you've got a bad you got a bad patch cable so you know that's you're going to get a bit of feedback or something like it like indie production just means you've got a cheap laptop and and, and one mic like but you're still going to get a very clean sound from that and all the little tricks that pro- probably modern producers do to try and give it that depth is probably more on the expensive end. You know, good, good producers probably do a lot of things now to to try and give it a little bit of, of raw or a little bit of live um, feel rather than that cheap laptop sort of sound. Uh, I, I I don't think it's his fault. I just think that that's a, a 2020s sort of problem.
1: Yeah, it sucks. I hate it. I hate right. that young people are ruining things. With their cleanliness.
0: Uh, what are we going to do for some new tunes? This now, week? We're going to have a little
1: bit more time with these because um, we're taking the next week off. I mean, this episode will drop pretty close to Easter, but um, we're, we're well, going to take the week after Easter off for this episode, for uh, the views you get. So we'll be back the week after that. I
0: had a, I had a couple of things I wanted to throw at you for uh, the Joker album. Um, I'm prepared to the,
1: admit that you probably won the week because I I made us listen to that Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. album, and it there's was worth sp- it because for the content hashtag content
0: <laughs> fuck me man that was that was painful though Uh there's a Spider Bait live album
1: Spider Bait live or is it Spider Bait um the Janet album
0: ah because I thought they're Janet coming songs. out with an
1: album which is basically just um like Janet's greatest hits.
0: Right, Which I believe was Krem's probably... idea.
1: Like was like, "No, nah, Janet, you've written a shitload of really great songs. Let's fucking just focus on you know the fact that you know this stand up for feminism kind of stuff." Um,
0: but by, by the way, Spotify, put fucking Happy Land on Spotify, please. It just drives me nuts that I can't listen to that album.
1: Uh, I reckon it's probably got more to do with
0: you know, yeah, it'd be Juan and Janet's
1: relationships <laughs> splitting up, and they, they um, the brights to it. They probably didn't figure out.
0: I, I've just about it
1: might be it on Valor, I'm on not sure YouTube. who. I'm not sure who, what it was actually on.
0: There's a Jack White album. Now, I know Jack White's a little bit of a tosser in his later years, but uh, I don't mind some of his sort of collaboration stuff. I was wondering what that would be like. I
1: saw a review of it, like somebody not, was listening not, to not it good. live and saying, I don't know whether it's good, but it's something, <laughs> which was, did okay. not make me think I really need to listen to Jack White.
0: I, but did I, like, I I got.
1: Like, I, I dragged. I dragged all the fucking Jack White fanboys on Twitter by sort of saying, you know, what makes me think Jack White needs solo albums, and it's not Meg White who that should have been putting out
0: the solo albums. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I guess that that um, that Bourdain one where him and the Kills were jamming together, and it just sounded fucking awesome. Like I, I still got this romantic idea that Jack White is still this, you know, kick ass sort of rock rock guitarist. So. But I'm gonna go for new stuff. Wow!
1: Do you want me to get? Do you want me to pick a new album first, just so we, we yeah? You to go. Get you it. go
0: first. I'm I'm trying to, to, you know, whether I drop back into my old life or uh, go with something new. <laughs>
1: You can't go back, man. You can't go back. I'm going to pick, um, speaking of indie bands, I've, there's a, a pair a pair of indie darlings from Wales called Wet Leg who are getting a lot of bump.
0: Oh, um, this was on my, that was
1: the other one I was thinking of. All right, then. So, yeah, so, so it's what we've got. So yeah, pick, yeah it's good. that's good. That's a good Leg. one. Um, and if it sucks, it's your fault. Uh, but but yeah, their album is their album is out. Their album Wet Leg is out. It's 36 minutes, 49 seconds long.
0: Yeah, um, Edgar Wright gave this a, a, a big, um, uh, you know, gave the, the, this a big plug this week. She was really, he was really onto it, thought it was uh, one of the best albums he'd listened to this year. Um, <sighs>
1: I can't, amidst I can a night of hazy album, scenes yeah. in their native Isle of Wight. No, they're not Welsh, they're from the Isle of Wight. Ryan Teesdale and Hester Chambers found themselves at the summit of a Ferris wheel. They decided to start a band. The band is called Wet Leg. Arming themselves with guitars, a punch haunt for French disco, effervescent imaginations, and a shared love with the Ronettes and Jane Birkin through to Ty Siegel and Bjork, they set about making some recordings of their own into the debut single Chase Lounge. Um, somebody who works a lot with Ty Siegel, Steve Albini.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And, and Ty Siegel is generally, a, um, generally someone who gets the big thumbs up from this podcast in his various... Iterations as a solo artist or as, you know, the man behind Fuzz.
0: Fuzz. I I do like Fuzz. Have you picked Fuzz as a top five? Sorry? Have you had Fuzz in your top five before? Fuzz
1: was my album of the year 2015, and I think it was second behind the ACDC album in
0: 21. So I used to listen to a band that was sort of on the fringes of trip-hop, and I always find it a little bit weird because... Um, Sia was their vocalist, you know, sort of doing uh, Portishead style. Like, it was a little bit Portishead-y, you know, with with her vocal over the top. And then she sort of popped up as this pop darling of Triple J, and I'm like, hang on, I've been listening to her, and how, how A, I can never make the age thing work because she she must have been very precocious when she was doing the 07 stuff because that was... Uh, like Simple Things was 2001 and she sort of popped up on Triple J sort of 2010. So uh, I'm not sure how the timelines exactly work. But anyway, they've got a new album called Yeah Ghost. Uh, I assume not with Sia doing the vocals, but um, always quite like their production. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'd say they, you know, will get a whole bunch of guest vocalists in because that's usually how those bands trip trip bands work when their vocalist pisses off to become a uh, a pop star, so.
1: We have the choice of Yeah, Ghost, Yeah, Ghost Deluxe
0: or Yeah, Ghost Bonus Edition. Oh, gee. Can we just go the, the standard, let's please? Let's see what we got.
1: Even, even the standard version is 57 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Dude. Now I want to know how long the other versions are. The Deluxe version
0: are they-
1: is it an hour and nine. It has a couple of remixes on the end and the Bonus edition is an hour nine and oh fuck I, I I can't figure that shit out. Let's go with the standard version of Yeah Zero Seven's Yeah Ghost Yeah the Ghost.
0: It's it says they've done they've done albums recently, but they look all like re-releases of their early stuff. This actually looks like a new album. The so. man
1: behind the European down tempo outfit Zero Seven does that sound right to you? Produces Henry Binns and mm-hmm. Son. These are British. These guys are English. You sure it's the same act?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
1: Put your Boys, Robert Plant, yep, 90s um... production, remixes, longtime partner, so yeah. Okay, there we are.
0: Hmm. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're sort of more chilled. They were, you know, big sort of, you know, you'd get those Ibiza chill albums. They were they big in that sort of space. In that case, I'm
1: surprised the album is less than an hour long.
0: Yeah, it's more like Kruder and Dorfmeister was yeah, always yeah. It's exactly what it I was thinking that. of. Yeah, like, like acid jazz, soul, funk, all sort of mixed, you know, mixed in with a couple of vocalists over the top of it. So, um, but that's the thing. Like this sort of music doesn't. I, I think this sort of music's been taken over by SoundCloud and YouTube. Like that. That's my theory. Yeah. is A lot of this sort of stuff is not made as albums. It's, it's. You know, producers can can have a lot more freedom and do a lot more interesting things in other mediums than Spotify and albums and stuff like that. You know, they do like two hour mixtapes or something on YouTube yep. or, or or SoundCloud. Like this stuff is, just, uh, and maybe that's where trip hop's gone. You know, it's probably dropped out of the mainstream a little bit. Um, anyway, that's it'll be interesting to see. Well, more Quite plenty like the of time. Period.
1: Is this mm-hmm. going to fit your uh, your holiday uh, vibe?
0: Mm, definitely. S- sitting uh, around a around a um, a campfire in Toowoomba with my Ugg boots on sounds good to me.
1: Ugg boots fireball.
0: Well, the bottoms certainly are. Oh, when I was a, a a young kid, I was wearing shoes out in the mi- fucking middle of the Alice Springs desert, and it was bitterly fucking cold. And at, at the the colder it got, the closer I got to the you know, stretching my feet out to the fire and we are on like sort of gravelly, sandy shit and I was wearing very cheap shoes. And so uh, at the end of the night, I've got a- got up and I um, had an interesting new tread pattern in the morning of the rocks that I'd stood st- with my <laughs> melted shoes. <juice.
1: laughs> <Wait, it's laughs> last lap of a Formula One race. Can you go and get some pickup for me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was the last time I fucking uh, stretched... Um, Shoes with plastic soles on them to, out to the bottom. So All Right, dude. I can't say I enjoyed that chili Peppers experience. What happened to your
1: but, um, Joker album?
0: Oh, what are we gonna go with? Jack White or 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 the um Spider Bait one? I suppose we go Jack White because the Spider Bait songs are the songs we we've heard
1: about. Oh yeah, let me check the Spider-Bait thing out, because I would I would rather feed my head to a shark than listen to fucking Jack White again.
0: Can, well, can, we, can, we, can we throw it's it's a double it's a double week. Can we throw both of them in? I wouldn't mind just listening to that. To that Bait one, just to see how they put put it. Songs of the Key of J,
1: which is Sounds of the Key of J, which is, um, they're all Janet songs. Hmm. I think some of them are, are like B sides and stuff that you wouldn't have heard.
0: Yeah, let's let's throw that in. It's a double week. We can probably afford to do both, can't we? And that way, if Jack White's punishingly bad, we can when Jack White's to it punishingly once. bad. <laughs>
1: Jack White, his photo has got a fucking. He's dyed his hair blue. Because now his colour is blue and black instead of red and white. Because when he was in the white stripes, it was red and white, and now he's blue and black. Because
0: uh, reasons. Uh, fucking hell! Look, it can't. It can't. No, it can. Wood. It can't be as. Yes, it, it can't can be as bad as yes, it. Yes, it can. <laughs> really, you think? Yeah, it-
1: absolutely, it can. I never underestimate the ability of former critics' darlings to be fucking incredible. Because he's had people telling him... These telling, people have been telling him he's a fucking genius for the last 20 years. Nobody's been telling the Chili Peppers mm. they a genius.
0: No, they just told
1: themselves People that. have been indulging his fucking ridiculousness. Oh,
0: dear. All right, Doc, well, I look forward to... I'll have to listen to this episode just so I can get the, uh... <laughs> the joy of Adam's Red Hot Chili Peppers takes. And, uh... I'll see you after the holidays.
1: Yeah man. Uh, we'll be we'll be back in um, two weeks time. He says stuff on your book. Cheers folks.
0: See ya. That was not good, that Chili Peppers album. like, Oh. Really, really fucking not good.
1: Uh, I don't want to give away what Adam says, but, uh, yeah, he fucking hated it. He thought, shit, <laughs> he just, he be it live on the podcast. We went, oh, no, oh, no. You know, look, I, I, I try not to say the same things I said in, in the episode with Adam, but I did a bang account. I was thinking, you know, Chili Peppers album is good for, you know, A couple of bangers. I mean, even Californication had a couple of bangers. There wasn't even. There's no bangers. There wasn't
0: even a. There was no Californication on that album. Like, no. There was no
1: fucking get on top or, you know, anything remotely upbeat. I mean, they're 60 years old. Fair enough. But fuck. What are we here for? And they're not going to play any of this shit live. So, what? Why does this album exist? What's it for?
0: (laughs) Not, Not if they don't want to be run off stage, anyway.
1: Well, uh. We might have to have a moratorium on on fucking um, legacy acts because we have had we've had apart from apart from Cypress Hill we've had a bad run with fucking eighties band eighties nineties oh. acts um, doing mediocre milk toast variants themselves.
2: Music, 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 music. Someone spent an awful lot of money making that album, and look, I'm someone will probably, but no one's going to make any. No one makes money off off albums anymore. There, I, as I said. There's no, you know, here I am just listening to the entire album for free, basically on Spotify. So who, who makes the money? Like, what, what's the return of investment they get on that album? That's presumably their their record company paid for. Um, I don't understand. I, I don't understand a lot about how modern music works and how you actually you make. You know, and you're the one who, who's closer to the trade.
1: industry than any of us.
2: Well, I I go out. I'm playing, you I'm actually get paid to do record. things. Okay, yeah, play a three gig weekend this weekend playing for the playing for the peeps and all that sort is, of stuff. Which is, I, and
1: I, I, Which is why we're doing our breakfast I, radio slot.
2: Yeah, I did one at uh Woodburn last night for free actually, just because their pub got absolutely hammered in the floods. So it was uh, good to and you know, all the people were very appreciative at first because they got hammered by floods twice Yeah, um, in, in, in another month and not much time, but they all came out to the pub last night and drank and be married and it was cool. That's um,
1: good, man.
2: But I, I'm, I think I'm resigned, not resigned to the fact, but I'm comfortable now with the fact in my age that there's nothing wrong with playing people music people want to hear and if that means you have to play Brown Eyed Girl for the 27th time, I'm kind of okay with that now. I've, yeah. I've moved past the point where it has to be about my artistic integrity Whereas there's kind of something nice about playing music that Just seeing bring people in joy enjoy with it. a bunch of people, yeah, like, and it doesn't mean you know, whether that's drunk fuckwits in a pub or whatever, you know. And it's kind of cool. It's a nice feeling to sort of play music and have people smile back at you and come up and hug you at the end of the night and give you COVID and all that sort of stuff. True story.
1: Well, um, <laughs> well, pretty much, you know. I mean, this podcast has been about us playing the fucking hits for the last seven years, so why can't yeah. we do it in the <laughs> imagine?
2: Imagine. Music, 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 music.
1: That Janet compilation actually, if you look at if I look at all the songs together, it's like that's actually fucking bounces. That's really good. That could be mm, really good.
0: That's why I was thinking. Like okay. It's a Joker album, so you don't have to
1: No, it's 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 uh, not a contender, but it's it it's, it's yeah. also not a but, traditional but looked- greatest hits, because it's like it's not her biggest songs either. I mean, some of them are in there. But it's also got interesting bits and pieces and B sides and things that I don't recognise, and I've you know I've got every Spider-Man album. You know I'm a, I'm a fan of their gear, but it's like some of these tracks, like I don't actually yeah, know yeah. where that song is from.
0: You look you look at some of the play counts, right? You know, Calypso at yeah. ten million, and then yeah. uh, Big Fairy Green Monster at three thousand. I've never heard of that, like that song. <laughs> that that song I they,
1: they, those plays all happened in the last you know
0: since, yeah, this since album his went album went live. Albums dropped. You know, Ballad of Whitby Farms, sixteen thousand listens. Yeah, so I think
1: that was the last cool. track on. I don't if Spanish galleon maybe their their first long player. I think that was. Mm. I think that was on that album. But fucking Stevie is um uh, is just fucking Jackson Five. Yeah, uh, I remember Stafford wrote a bit about this coming out, and he, he, I think he picked Stevie as the as the, his song of the because he does that song of the week thing. Mm. And I think he, I think he picked Stevie because it's just like fucking Jackson's <clears throat> Five ABC style. Uh,
0: shall we talk about the guy from the Saints dying?
1: Plug a locket.
0: Uh, <laughs> I found it really interesting because the Saints for me were like, um, like okay, granddad sort of stuff. Like you know, they were the the white hot live act that were before um i'd come to brisbane you know like that previous generation like that the saints was sort of emblematic emblematic of going to live music before i came to brisbane you know we were all talking about resnogs and regurgitator and you know all old guys were like ah but the fucking saints used to tear it up fucking up in brisbane and it's, <laughs> i just i don't know i just find i've got this really sort of them and the Go Betweens, the the two Brisbane acts. It's like fuck, you know. Brisbane did actually produce other really good musicians, other than the Saints and the Go Betweens, uh, but they seem to get that that legacy bounce more than I guess Powderfinger do now. Powderfinger sort of get that bounce, but
1: but it's also because they the, the Saints are kind of. I mean, we did. I don't remember if we were on that episode. I think it was me and um. An you know, Albion Love Dead. We did the Saints. I'm Stranded as a um, as a classic, and it it's it's like a brutal, yeah. furious punk rock album. The same way, um, you know, Raw Power or Never Mind the Bollocks is, and the Saints evolved into being a very different sort of band in time. Um, just for those who didn't know the story, and I, I have to put my hand up here. I also didn't know the story because I have been staying the fuck off social media. Um, thread from Ed Cooper. Very sadly confirmed the news about Chris Bailey dying on the weekend. Chris and I met when we were about 14 during detention at Oxy High School and became close friends, which later developed into what I always thought was an extremely strong artistic partnership. Saying it, framing it that way because they famously split up and went their separate ways and, and you know wouldn't work together and that sort of stuff. The point where Cooper was touring with a band called The Ain'ts. Ah, uh, which was just playing saints songs. Um, mm-hmm. to, second tweet of the thing I couldn't have hoped for a better singer. My deepest condolences to his wife, sisters, and the rest of his family. I'll post something longer down the track.
0: Yeah. So I just found it and like my timeline because, you know, I live in Brisbane. No, you don't. There's going to be a certain amount of, um, <laughs> I live in Lower Tambourine. That's correct. Um, you know, uh, uh, an outpouring, I guess, from a certain generation. But yeah, I just, I, I just, it just really brought up that thing when I first came to Brisbane that this that, that Brisbane had this feel of this punk rock, uh, and, and indie heartland that, that that the stuff that I started listening to when I came here just didn't reflect that. And I think there was such this. This push pull between rock and yeah, but when you got there, there right. was
1: that that generation of nineties bands with a with a thing that the, the fucking the regurgitators and the hmm. the not from theirs. I'm trying to think of all the other Brisbane bands that were big at the time. Custard, Custard, Screenfeeder, Tumbleweed, no Tumbleweed, the Gong.
0: Um, who was the? There was another one that was um, fuck, I can't remember.
1: There was a little cluster of them. Ah. Uh, they had very little to yeah, do with the site.
0: That's true. All right. Well, that was a nice little salute. I don't know whether you want to use it or not, but I just I I, I thought we should should at least mention it.
1: Well, you, you told you introduced me to the idea that Chris Bailey had passed away, so I had no fucking idea. All
0: right. Thanks, Doc. Cheers, man.